You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard. We're pretty good at it. That's what we do. That's all we do. Well, Okay, we eat sometimes, too. I I, had, I did just have a sandwich. Uh, anyway, hi, I'm Matt Rossi. I'm your host. Uh, with me this week are two uh, just phantasmagorical co-hosts. I'm going with phantasmagorical. You can't stop me. Uh, first up, she's just got done relating a story before the show, and I, I liked it. So, Ann Stickney. Hi. It was the thing about the crafting. That was what it was. Oh, yeah, the thing about the crafting. Which thing about the crafting? It's the, the running around, like, trying to forge arrows thing. Oh, yeah, the trying to forge arrows. Yeah, I, I'm not... My character is not a blacksmith. My character is a leather worker. But there's this bit in the Hunter Class Hall chain where you have to make arrows. And I went to the blacksmithing shop to have this dude make arrows for me. And then he had me do it for him. And he was like, go go hit this on my anvil. I'm like, okay, which anvil is yours? Because <laughs> they weren't labeled. So I'm yeah. just running around like shouldn't a maniac. It, shouldn't it glow or be distinctive looking or something? You would like... think. You would think that it would glow. Or if you moused over it, it would say, hey, this is this is random Night Elf dude's anvil right here. And like maybe it has a label on it or something. Like a sticky note. I don't know. There wasn't. It was weird. <laughs> but I did get it done after fumbling around. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. We could probably talk about crafting all day, but we probably already have. So You should probably uh, talk about our other co-host. Yeah, I was going to say, um, also with us this week, uh, he's back, thankfully. Um, Alex Zebart, how was your vacation, dude? Uh, not bad. I played a lot of The Sims and did almost nothing else, which was pretty nice. I will take your word for it, as I've never played The Sims. It's Good. a weirdly addictive game. Yeah, I've, in, I've never played a stretches. single version of it ever like i've never from the first time it came out to the most recent version never touched it for me it's the kind of game where like i can totally play it for a week straight just non-stop but at the end of the week i realize actually this game is boring i'm not going to play it anymore and i put it away and a year later i'll play it for another week straight it's like you binge it until you you just want to quit forever and then you, you're like actually i want to go back to and the process just repeats forever i try to do that with like there's certain games that i try and do that with but it doesn't work like if i didn't make myself not play it i would be playing dragon age right now like that's how i am with it like for a week straight and then another week straight and then another week straight and then i'm i'm without a home because i i'm not working or doing anything so that i have to actually story, make myself story stop. like heavy narrative games i have a hard time playing through more than once so no, the exception I, was like mass effect 2 which i played a bajillion times over but the other Mass Effect games i only played it like maybe once or twice and dragon uh, age is like once i beat once i'm done with it I got to know what happens if I do certain things differently. Like today's today. One of the things I discovered was that you can kill Zevran. Why would you do that? I was so angry at the way that the game made the ambush go. Okay. Like, cause I had my casters and they couldn't cast anything cause they were getting hit by arrows and it was really making me angry. So that when I got to the point where it's like, tie him up and interrogate him or kill him, I just went kill him. And then I was like, Oh, I got to go back to a save now. 
Oh. So I went back and didn't kill him this time, but the first I, time it's just like, awesome. ah! Oh my god, I can't believe they left that option in, but okay, oh, it, yeah. Well, I, it's before you know he's awesome, it's before you know anything about him. So if you played the game the first time and some assassin attacked you, you'd have no reason not to kill him. You don't know he's going to be a party member. You know what I mean? I knew he was going to be a party member because I've played the game like four times, but I didn't, this time I didn't, so... I, I had forgotten, so I, I killed him, and I was like, oh, no, I have gifts for him in my bags. I gotta, I, gotta I, not. I thought about it. I thought about it. I can't say that I didn't think about it, but he was kind of charming, so I saved him. This is something, funny. I, this is something yeah. I want World of Warcraft yeah, I, a lot more of. Like, if you've had potential companions that, you know, imagine if you, like, when you're done with a boss, you could potentially, instead of killing the boss, well, you still kill him, but you could end up with them as a companion. Well, there's one of those the warriors have, King Ymiron. And huh. even that's kind of annoying because you have to like convince Odin it's a good idea. And I don't feel like I should have to convince Odin of a bloody thing at this point. I feel like I should walk in and go, yeah, we're, t- we're recruiting Ymiron. But I hate him. I don't care, man. Bernie Legion, shut up. But yeah, so there you go. Uh, Alex, you were talking and I interrupted you. I'm sorry. It's way in the past now. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, you know, we should talk about some top stories, I guess, because we had quite a few this week. I'm going to start with the one that I think is the biggest, um, which is the token the WoW token is now not just gold for game time. It's gold for Battle.net balance. And you can use your Battle.net balance to pay for lots of things. Yeah. Um, Alex, you've been engaging in this a lot. Oh, I, yeah. So you should probably be the one to talk about it. Um, well, thanks to Warlords of Draenor having nothing to do except play the auction house. That's what I did for the entire expansion and walked away with the millions of gold. And um, now I have a couple hundred dollars in my Battle.net balance, which I'm going to use on Heroes of the Storm skins. So I'm pretty happy about it. I think you can also buy, like, Hearthstone card packs, I believe. And I don't know what else. I know. Can you buy, like, the Overwatch game customization crates, things, like server transfers and things like that, with a Battle.net balance? Pretty sure you can, yeah. I would assume so. Huh. Okay. But the thing I, I find, we were talking about this in work chat. And one of the things that's really amazing about this is how it's essentially a way for Blizzard to get more money for the same things. Oh yeah, you're, th- you're totally. Th- you know, you're thinking like, I'm saving money because I'm using my in-game gold, and that's great. But somebody has to buy that token that you're buying with in-game gold. And somebody is totally buying those tokens because they were so sold sure. out. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're spending twenty bucks to get a token to put up on the auction house, and essentially Blizzard just made twenty bucks for for something that costs. If you just spent your own money, it would cost you fifteen. Yeah, they're it making made, an extra five dollars in every single one of those fifteen dollars. It's it's really rather fascinating to watch this work because you know for years WoW had the problem with the gold and gold piracy and and so forth. And they still you know there still are those services although they're much less popular. Now. Um, but that was one of the things that always just fascinated me was how is Blizzard going to solve this? And Blizzard solved it by making it give them an extra five dollars. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to solve a problem, I guess that's the way to do it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and people you know. There was, I think there was a need for a legitimate way to do it, or else the illeg- illegitimate ways are going to continue happening, and those have a pretty severe effect on the game. And so, like, the system was needed, but Blizzard taking an extra five bucks is kind of icing on the cake, I guess. Also, heck, $20 for, like, 115k gold? I think that's what it was this morning. That's what it was when I put my token on the auction house this morning, so cha-ching, I'm cool with that. I'll, yeah, see, I'll throw down 20 bucks for that. I'm I'm firmly in the camp where, like, I would never spend real money on gold. I ever. lost a lot of it because I transferred servers. And when I transferred servers, there's a limit to how much gold you can take with you yeah, from one is, server to the other. Which is crazy because yeah. you paid for a server transfer and then you paid to get your gold back. You would think... You would think that they would like up that gold amount, but they have not upped that gold amount much higher than it was. So I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Because the thing is, is like, all I have to do is wait for these prices to go back down again. And my bank alt can buy wow tokens, which is what my bank alt was doing. Like I transferred the excess gold to the bank alt and then I used the bank alt to buy tokens for game time. So I was still getting something out of the deal, even if I couldn't take that gold with me to the next server you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that worked but it, it's still it's like the the price went up i think the price went up from like 60 to 70k up to 100 like overnight just boom like that and they were selling out all over the place people couldn't buy them 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy what it did to the economy. I mean, I imagine it's going to level out within the next, you know, two or three days or whatever. But for right now, it's just kind of fascinating to watch it happen yeah. in I real time. As of this afternoon, telling me... Oh, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, as of this afternoon, the prices on tokens, um, I haven't checked in the last couple hours, but the price started to go back down, at least in the U.S. So, um, like yesterday, it was impossible to buy a token. Absolutely impossible. Like I was trying and trying and trying and you just couldn't. Uh, today I woke up like this morning and there was still not, I was still having a hard time. Then around like lunch, uh, there's tons of tokens. Like I'd bought, I think like 15 of them just clicking them straight in a row. No interruption. We established that you'd probably bought one of them that I bought as an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. I spent uh, 20 yeah. bucks to buy one. Cause I wanted to see what it would, what would happen. I put it up on the auction house and it was like gone immediately. <laughs> Alex was like, yeah, I probably bought it. Probably. Um, and then, well, after I stopped buying, like there were still there were still some available. And uh, last I looked, the price had ticked down a little bit. So I think it's down I to 101 more... right now, according to M Blackwell in the chat channel. So this is down yeah. to 101k right now. The last one I bought was 113, I think. So yeah, it's gone down. So the price is already going to start dropping. Maybe it'll see another spike at the weekend. Who knows? But I think it, it might. It, it hit its peak around like 115,000. I, so. I think today it peaked because a lot of people were thinking, oh, God, they're going to go up, bought a bunch of them yesterday, and then didn't sell them. I mean, I've, I've read people on Twitter saying that that's what they were going to do. They were going to buy awesome. them and hold on to them. And I even had a few people said, yeah, I've got a couple tokens. Can I, pu- can I apply them now or can I only apply new ones to my Battle.net balance? Um, and from what I know of it, based on having talked to people, yes, if you had one, if you had bought a couple tokens and you didn't use them for whatever reason, and they're in your bags, you can apply them to your Battle.net balance. You don't have to get a new one for that. If you already have them, they can be applied to your Battle.net balance. They apply, well, you know better, Alex, but they apply straight up at like 15 bucks at a time, right? Yeah, it's it's you can either, when you go to use it, it asks you if you want to buy a month of WoW game time or if you want to put $15 in your wallet. So it's basically a straight up twenty buck token becomes fifteen dollars in your wallet. So again, they make a straight five bucks off the top. It's pretty. I mean, I'm amazed it took them this long to do it, but I'm not amazed that they did it. Cause, well, you know, it was what, something that they had kind of like they had been planning towards when they introduced the WoW token. It's just I know that they mentioned when they introduced the WoW token, they did so specifically with just for game time just to test it out and see how it worked and how it functioned and if it was functioning correctly and that they had the ability to roll in these other things that you could do with the wow token at a later date it was just at the time when they introduced it it was wow game time that's it um so yeah the whole battle net balance conversion thing is pretty cool what i'm wondering is are we going to continue seeing these spikes in the market every time they come out with a new set of hero skins because that seems to be like the thing that people would really want to spend them on, right? I mean, they don't add a lot of skins at one time. Like, there's, they'll put out a couple of skins, and not everybody wants that. So, I don't think it would be enough to make the entire market fluctuate. Or like, if they, if they suddenly had a sale on skins or something like that, would that make the token thing go up? I, or it's going to be or, weird to watch. It's just going to be fun to watch. Yeah. If they ever do anything in Overwatch, or if they do a new Hearthstone expansion. It could affect the uh, price of the token. It's, it's interesting. Hearthstone expansions might do it, depending on how much crossover there actually is in players. Because Hearthstone's bigger than WoW now, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I just I like watching what this has done to the economy. Like, and I keep talking about the economy. It's just gold. It's fake gold. But like seeing what it does and how it fluctuates, particularly like I said over the last twenty four hours, has been pretty fascinating. And my prediction, which is completely based on nothing, I am not an economist and I don't know anything about it, uh-huh. but my prediction is it's going to lower prices for things. I'm just wondering if it's going to level back down to that 60K that it was at prior to this happening or if it's going to stay at a higher average now because it's it's technically it's worth more. Yeah, I, I imagine know. it'll I, I don't think it'll quite bottom out as low as it did before, but I don't think it'll stay at like 100,000 either, probably somewhere in between. I just think that now people who've had sat on a lot of gold have something to do with it besides sit on it. And so as a result, people aren't going to be as quick to spend like, say, 75, 115,000 gold on some old level 60 transmog item because they just don't have it because they're going to have already spent it. I think that we're going to see prices drop. Um, I think flask prices will drop. I, I'm just, I'm, this is purely just me thinking based on the idea that people will have finally taken you – know, people who have – 
the four to five million gold that Alex has uh, won't have as much because they will have spent it. Finally, I mean, they found something when, worthwhile to spend it on. Yeah, when WoW tokens first went in for uh, just game time, I mean, that alone changed how I used gold. Like, I was not as frivolous in what I spent on because I knew this is, if I don't spend this gold, it means I don't have to spend real money. Uh, as soon as WoW tokens came out, I paid up two years of my subscription. Just right, I'm still paid up until July of this year. Man. <laughs> but it's still like, well, um, this gold is actually worth money now, so I'm not going to buy that stupid pet I'm probably never going to use because that's like three months of game time. That's $45 I don't have to spend because I just played WoW. <laughs> I can keep playing WoW for free because I have gold, so I'm not going to buy this other dumb toy for gold. It's and that's kinda... why I have millions of gold because I realized, hey, I'm playing this game anyway. If I just save my gold, I don't have to pay to play it. It's pretty interesting. And like I said, I can't wait to see what happens to it. Like if it's going to level out and where it levels out to, you know, because like I said, I don't know if it's going to dip back down to that 60K again or if it's going to stay up in the, you know, 80s to 90s, 90s to 100s. It, it just it kind of I guess it kind of depends. And I'm also interested in seeing how it fluctuates depend depending on what the other Blizzard games are releasing at the time, because I know we're due for like new Hearthstone stuff. Yeah, I think uh, at this point, I, I don't necessarily say this. We've talked about this a lot, and I do think we should move on to like the fact that we've got a ton of Hearthstone stories. Here's so, the story. Here's sorry, the story, sorry, but we've sorry. also got well, that whole Hearthstone, Hearthstone thing. Yeah, I was kind of leading into that. <laughs> yeah, because there was um, a hint. Well, I wouldn't even call it a hint. It was a pretty explicit leak, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, one of the voice actresses who has done a lot of work for Blizzard and has done many Hearthstone cards updated her resume on her personal website, and her resume included an entry for Lost Secrets of Ngoro, a new Hearthstone expansion. It listed the cards she'd be voicing, um, which is a pretty pretty clear leak. Yeah. And then it um, immediately went on the front page of Reddit because, of course, yeah, it did. Like, it's unfortunate that that happened to her, but once it did, there's... You can't put the cat back in the bag. The, like, the genie is out of the bottle. You can't yeah. shove it back in there. Yeah. My toothpaste. Why won't you go back in? <laughs> right. Like as soon as, particularly like if any giant news outlet grabs it or it ends up on the front page of Reddit. It's done. There's no getting rid of it. It's done. Uh, mistakes were made. They can't be unmade. That's that's when you just kind of like apologize and then move on. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, they're, I'm sure there's an NDA involved, but again, it's already out there. There's nothing you can do about that at that point. However, I'm kind of fascinated by this title. And, and again, you know, this might be a working title. It might not even be the finished title. We don't know. But um, that title is kind of fascinating to me. Blizzard where I'm like, ooh. Well, it doesn't Blizzard when Blizzard registers domain in advance, it never says Blizzard Entertainment. Yeah. But there are specific services they use to register domains and they have the domain ungoro.com registered through Ooh. those. So yeah, that's something to watch out for because obviously, you know, it's not something that they've announced anywhere. It's just a leak at this point. But um I'm kind of excited about this and yeah, I I I like Ungoro. I've always liked Ungoro, like the zone in game. Um, I, I've liked the lore and stuff behind it. I really liked it back in vanilla when you had the whole Lincoln chain thrown in there. For whatever reason, the Lincoln chain was like one of my favorite chains in vanilla WoW, even though it literally sent you all over the place. You didn't stay in Ungoro. You got stuff in Ungoro and then it was like, go to, go to, go to Winterspring. Go to Winterspring and talk to somebody. Okay, now go back all the way down to Ngoro. Okay, now go to the Eastern Kingdoms. <laughs> but at the same time, it was probably one of my favorite areas. And then when Wrath of the Lich King came out, and it turned out that there was that link between Ungoro Crater and Sholzar, that was even better. Like, that caught my attention even more. And now with the Cataclysm revamp, everything that's going on in Ungoro Crater is kind of made clear. And there's a series... If you haven't done... If you haven't done the new Ungoro Crater at all on any of your characters, if you didn't go do that in Cataclysm, go play through it. Just take your max level character and go play through it. Because it's actually kind of interesting. There's some cool stuff in there. There's some really goofy stuff in there, but there's some cool stuff in there, too. Knowing the hearthstone developers they're probably going to do some kind of jurassic park thing with it and i hope they bring in max million 
I'm <laughs> I'm sure they will. <laughs> I am, as always, the token grumpy Gus. And while I, I did enjoy enjoy Ngoro, like I did, the parts I didn't like were the endless Nintendo references, including Lincoln and the Mario and Luigi NPCs and the Donkey Kong references. I thought that was dumb, but obviously a lot of people did enjoy those. See, I thought it was fun. I thought that was the cool part. Well, that and then... I don't know. It was something about um, Goro. Crystal Cave. The Crystal Cave and the fact that the pylons kept the silithid out was always the thing I was interested yeah, in. Yeah, the Crystal... It was something about the Crystal Cave, the Lincoln quest I loved, um, the whole silithid thing to the south, and then those pylons. And then when you tied that in with the whole Titan element and Sholazar, all of a yep, sudden so that place just got like so... In, oh, and the Devil Swords. How can I forget the Devil Swords? Um, um, Goro was actually... I spent so much time in Angoro Crater on my very first level 60 because they were uh, skinning and leatherworking. The druid was. So I spent so much time in Angoro just skinning various raptors because people were out there just killing them in droves for quests. Everybody was going through that zone. So it was leather for days, right? (laughs) See, for me, Angoro was there for one particular reason. I had to ride around on my horse aggroing all the dinosaurs and have them chase me so that my wife could do the hunter quest without a ton of devil sores all around. Oh, I forgot about the hunter quest. Yeah. One of the, one of the legs of the hunter quest chain took place in Ongoro. Yeah, when they, they added to... that NPC, I was, I was also fascinated with that NPC. I'm like, who is that? Why are they here? And then Why do they have a poodle, right? Why after... is that poodle killing me? <laughs> what is, what is going on? And then after, some research it was like oh okay so this is the hunter thing that's sort of like the priest thing that i did yeah um i don't know what the hearthstone expansion is going to entail but yeah a jurassic park themed something or other would be cool um i i i gotta think that they're gonna bring some of the people from um the explorers league into it like maybe have some kind of element with that i don't know but that would be pretty cool yeah it's possible yeah um okay um, then right now I'm going to yeah. talk about the thing I'm most excited about, which is the fact that I'm going to be forced to play Heroes of the Storm. Not <laughs> I'm going to be forced to play Heroes of the Stone during the Four Azeroth event because you need to play 15 matches uh, as a Warcraft hero with a friend who is also playing a Warcraft hero uh, in order to get the Primal Flamesaber mount in WoW, which looks like the the Felsaber mount that the Demon Hunters get, but like made out of lava and on fire. But he's lava and on fire, and I really... I kind of want to do this, but I like I am so bad at Heroes of the Storm. It doesn't say you have to win these matches. Yeah, and technically, technically, if you're playing with somebody else, you don't both have to be Warcraft heroes, but only the people playing Warcraft heroes will get quest credit. Right. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to subject people to my terrible gameplay. Well, that, So on the one hand, the I nice want the mount, and on the other hand... Heroes I of the Storm lets you complete quests in versus AI mode. Oh, yeah. And if you really just don't want to play Heroes and you just want to get it done as fast as possible, you can play versus AI on beginner difficulty where the AI is dumb as bricks and you can steamroll to the end. Okay. So if you want to get it done like super quick, you can. Or if you want to, you know, engage a little can more, you just turn to the AI. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's, there's, uh, training mode which is just you and all ai and it kind of teaches you how to play then there's versus ai where it's a team of humans versus a team of computers and when you do that you can set the difficulty of the ai so like it goes from beginner all the way up to like veteran or something like that maybe we should just make that a blizzard watch thing and i'll do that one night just for funsies and also to get the stupid mount because the mount is i shouldn't call it stupid because it's really cool it's a very cool mount i'm very excited about it but i'm like I don't, I'm awful at here. Like, this is not my style of game at all. So what, what I will say for people who are like actually interested in trying Heroes of the Storm, playing it on beginner difficulty versus AI is not really going to give you an image of what the game is like. Uh, we experienced this during the Overwatch promotion that a lot of people like streamers who they played Overwatch, but they wanted to get the Genji skin. So on stream, they booted up Heroes of the Storm, went beginner versus AI, and just kind of like steamrolled to the end. And people watching were like, this game is so dumb. Why is it so easy? This doesn't make any sense. And then they would log in and also play it to get their skin on beginner versus AI and would again be like, this is so dumb. Why is it so easy? It's because you're playing baby mode. Yeah. 
It's sort of like, like clicking story mode in any of BioWare's games. That's not, yeah, it's not really an indicator of like the difficulty of the game. You're playing it on the lowest possible difficulty against computer. If you're a competitive player, you can play against other humans. If you're not competitive, you can still play versus AI in a higher difficulty and still get a more rewarding experience. But beginner versus AI is like, I want to do this as fast as possible. Well, or I want to learn how to push buttons. Maybe maybe I will fire up Heroes of the Storm then. Because I haven't done that since um back when it was what did they call it? A technical alpha or a technical yep. pa- yeah. yeah. Technical I haven't alpha. I haven't I haven't fiddled with it since those days of yore. So maybe I'll fiddle with it again. I think I don't think you can do this solo though. I think you do have to have a friend with you. Yeah, right. You but like I said, well, it's one of those things where it's like we should just get all the Blizzard Watch people together and do it real quick. Yeah, either we do that or I force my girlfriend to play with me like I did for the Overwatch promo. <laughs> I don't think she really appreciated But did she get the Genji skin? I think so. Okay, yeah. well then she got the Genji. She got something out of it. <laughs> she really loves Overwatch. I don't love Overwatch. I, I love Heroes of the Storm. She does not love Heroes of the Storm. So I was like, hey, do you want to play a couple of Heroes of the Storm matches? She was just like, oh guess i have time fine <laughs> and that was for like two weeks every now and then i would go to her into a match or two until we finally got all of them baiku in the chat channel says we should make that the leveling stream next week <laughs> i don't it, think it's gonna take us like two hours <laughs> well it's 15 matches yeah oh it might okay so I mean, even if you you're like you know let's say average of 10 minutes per match or whatever that's more than two hours. Do you have to buy every hero, or am I stuck with like whatever hero I start with? Uh, there's the free rotation every week that we post. Okay. So you All get right. the free. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should do that next week. Not and this you week. Buy cause... every hero with gold, so eventually you build up enough gold to like add more to your roster. Yeah, that event starts on February 14th and it runs through March 14th. Correct. Yep. That's what I'm. Okay. Yep. All right. Speaking so... of February 14th. Uh... Also, we've seen on the PTR, I believe. Was it the PTR or just was it a, was it just a you know coming soon screen? I think it was just coming soon premiere. But we have Love Goddess Taronda coming to Heroes. Yeah, there's some new skins and there's also some new mounts. And also, uh, maybe we should mention that there's a new hero coming to Heroes of the Storm because Lucio. Lucio, yeah. Yes, thank you. Okay. Yeah, he looks pretty How great. How long have we been talking about the potential of adding him as a support? Us? Class? Not that long. You? <laughs> pretty much since you know. okay i'm using the collective we here but i think that both alex and i like i think this was a conversation we had last year wasn't it where Something we were talking that, about yeah. like the new heroes and the fact that they were adding so many assassin heroes and i think we discussed like the last time they added a support was way back when and we were talking about potential other supports and we mentioned lucio specifically because he yeah, like, just I'll- felt like he would be cool in a game like that of the overwatch supports i think like obviously lucio is gonna work because they're adding him i think zenyatta would work zenyatta would be cool too mercy would be really redundant unless they did something wacky with her she isn't doesn't she do essentially the same thing that um who is it is it morales yeah morales Morales has healy beam and mercy has a res but oriel has a res so it's like her kit is all kind of there already, and maybe Honestly, they could build it out to add a character because like they have think, to do that. I think with Mercy, you're looking at what they did with uh Widow Maker, where it would be more likely to be a skin for another character, like make an Oriole skin that's Mercy. Yeah, I could see that because like, nobody has Mercy's entire kit, but you could easily make a theme. Kit does they've, exist for people. They've done that thing where they have certain skins have themed abilities. You could basically turn one of the Ariel's abilities into a Mercy yeah. laser beam My thing. My beef with that Widowmaker skin is it doesn't have Widowmaker voice lines. That yeah. is so dumb. Like, Yeah, I kind of wish that they, you know, if you're going to add a custom skin like that, you should add the custom voice along with it. But Yeah, the, Widow, like, the Widowmaker skin looks pretty good, but unless there's a Widowmaker voice line, screw that. But anyway, anyway yeah. We, we Love Goddess Toronto. Lucio's coming. Um, the, the rooster thing is ending soon, right? Yeah, if not already over. I'm not sure. I haven't logged in today. It was, um, I think it's probably over with because the, the Lunar Festival ended in WoW too. And I think they were kind of overlapping. Okay. Um, but yeah, as far as Lucio goes, it's pretty funny because like I said, we've been talking about this for so long. And then they just kind of like popped up with his announcement on Friday. And I was really excited about that. And then Mitch 
asked a question for the queue. It was like, what skins do you want to see for Lucio? And I was like, I really want to see the ribbit skin, but I want to see the silver and teal one. I don't want to see the gold one because I think the silver and teal would just look good with a bunch of the maps, right? And then on Monday, they come out with a video. And guess which skin he has? <laughs> I am not psychic. I'm just like thinking in terms of... um aesthetically what would look really cool i i'm i'm excited about lucio i don't like i said i don't play heroes of the storm i like watching people play it i think it's fun to watch people play it and i think it'll be fun to see matches with him incorporated particularly since he's got you know he's got a bunch of the abilities that he has from overwatch including the wall glide and the wall glide looks a little weird on heroes maps because the buildings and structures are so small in comparison to the characters that are there on the screen, but he can glide along a map and shoot things while he's gliding. I mean, I don't know. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with really. He's on the PTR right now, right? Yeah. Lucio hit the PTR uh, yesterday, okay. last night, something like that. So we should see him in game in what, like a couple of weeks or something next week, I believe. Okay. Uh, interesting thing I learned about the PTR. They use the PTR server to run uh, the HGC tournaments on the weekends. Really? The big East, yeah, it all happens on the PTR. I had no idea. Bizarre. But um, so there's not going to be a PTR build on the PTR on the weekends because they use that for esports. So PTR builds are t- typically going to come out on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Every time. And- yeah, um, because I guess, I mean, I guess the idea is the PTR is an easy way because they can, like, revert to an older build, I guess, because tournaments play, like, a build or two behind the live game. So, like, if, like, a big, ta- like, Tassadar got reworked in the last patch. In this past weekend of uh, HGC, they didn't have the new Tassadar yet. They're still playing with the old one to give the competitors time to learn the new one and not, like, completely ruin everything. Okay. Yeah, um... Anyway, I'm going to say it again. Uh, Love Goddess Toronto. That's my jam. I was so happy that the WoW token thing happened on the that same day. That skin is Love really Goddess. pretty. It's like, in development, Love Goddess Toronto. I'm like, I need it. And then the Battle.net balance thing. I was like, yes, I get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> How much it was is just... that skin? Or is it not out yet? Uh, it's, it's not, not out, out yet. yet. But I'm not sure if it's going to end up in a... Sometimes they do the dumb thing where they bundle a new skin with a mount and you can't buy them separately for like months. I bet you they're going to put that skin with the heart mount. It's a stupid heart mount. Uh, it's so dumb because I don't want the mount. I want the skin, but they make you pay more to get both of them. Okay, but battle net balance. Them... Yeah, right. But I still have <laughs> use that balance towards a mount I don't really want. But yeah, it'll probably be, if, if it's a skin by itself, it'll probably be 10 bucks. Okay. That's cool. All right. Well, um, at this point, we should probably move on and do some emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. If you put Blizzard Watch in the, the subject line, that makes it easier for us to know what show it's for. And, you know, try and keep them short. You guys have been doing that, or at least you've been trying to. And that we appreciate it because Anne has to read them in the air. Uh, first, though, Alex. If you enjoy our show, consider checking out Loot Crate at lootcrate.com bw slash bw. If you enter the code BW, you'll save $3 in any new subscription. And if you're not familiar with Loot Crate, it's a monthly subscription where you get generally geeky stuff. And we received this week's Loot Crate, which you have, right, Anne? This month's Loot Crate, yes. Yes, and this month's Loot Crate, the theme was, I believe it was Origins? Yes, Origins. And there was a whole mess of different stuff in it. The thing that I really, well, there was a couple of things in there that I really appreciated. The t-shirt that it came out with was a Mario t-shirt, but it's like old school Mario. And right now, as it stands, every loot crate comes with some piece of apparel with a T-shirt or something like that. Um, So pretty much if you sign up for it, you're signing up for free T-shirts, which is pretty cool. It's like, oh, cool. New wardrobe every month. Um, And then the other stuff that it came with. The the other thing that I was really excited about, and I was excited about this for the dumbest of reasons, right? They sent out... Action Comics number one. It's a reprint of Action Comics number one from June 1938. And this is the first appearance of Superman. It includes a certificate of authenticity from DC Comics. Um, obviously, this is a reprint. It's not the like the, the actual comic itself. I was unpacking my loot crate and I pulled that out of the box. And my dad happened to be standing nearby. And he looks at it and he goes, oh, I remember that one. Because he actually, <laughs> he bought this. Like, back in 1938, he had this comic. 
that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, it was like a flash from his childhood all over again. Um, what's unfortunate, of course, is that he had all of these comics. He had Action Comics number one. He had like the full run of the original Superman. And then he went and joined the army. And he had all those comics in a box in, an a- in, in the attic in his parents' house. And his mom threw them all out. Oh, that's terrible. I know. He he like didn't care about it until he saw how much Superman number one was selling for. Yeah. Um like I don't think I had anything that was worth money, but once I used to have like a giant bucket of my action figures. Like yeah. the kind of bucket that you would fill with ice and beer when you're having like a giant barbecue. Right. Like one of those huge things, full to the top of the action figures. And one day my mom threw out the whole bunch. Oh, no. Like hundreds of figures, and they're gone forever. I don't think my mom ever threw out any of our toys. And she actually, it was kind of interesting because she also collected comic books, like, right along with us. Only the stuff that she picked up was just kind of random stuff. Um, I think somewhere in one of the closets around here, we still have the run of the comic book that uh, Leonard Nimoy wrote way back when. Um, yeah. And and she, she was very meticulous about it. Like she bagged and boarded everything and put them into boxes (laughs) and and none of us were like really all of that careful with it. Although I do have a collection run of like, you have primordials. Yeah, we have primordials. That's the one we have the entire run of primordials. And then, um, myself, I was really into ElfQuest when I was younger. So I have like all of the ElfQuest series and I'm talking about like the originals from like the 1970s. Um, my comic book lady knew that I was obsessed with this comic when it was coming out in like the 90s or whatever. And she found those and like saved them for me and let me have them. Um, so I have all of those in a box. I-, I like comic books. I'm sorry. I really like comic books. Very much a DC <laughs> over over Marvel. But um, before, before we get too far off track... Loot Crate. <laughs> this crate also came with uh, a Ninja Turtles... Oh, I don't have it right next to me. What's the name of the... Do you know the name of the brand? It's a little Tiki Man. It is... These are the Geeky Tikis. It's a mini Tiki geeky mug. Tikis, that's it. It's a mini Tiki mug. And this thing, it's a little ceramic mug. I'm going to take mine out because it's like sitting right here. But it's this little ceramic mug. And um, they stack on top of each other. Like the bottom of the thing has a flat bottom, but it's meant to stack on top of the next one. So you can make like a little Tiki stack of these things and they have right and they had all four ninja turtles and then there was a special purple shredder variant i got michelangelo which i'm not thrilled about because michelangelo is not my favorite ninja turtle but oh well he's the nunchuck man isn't he he's the goofy one he's He's the goofy one i liked raphael i loved as a young boy because of course he was yeah i liked raphael i'm sorry i was all about raphael or donatello donatello was also acceptable because he was the nerd you're both wrong it was leonardo (laughs) um and the voice the item that came this month that i really liked is it comes with um how do i describe it's like a collectible captain america shield like it's a small metal shield that has a stand and it's not like his round shield. It's one of his earlier shields. It looks like a kite shield. Yeah. It's one uh, of the early age shields. That thing immediately went on my shelf. Yeah. So. That's not the first replica I've ever seen because I got a loot crate, I want to say last year, that had, maybe it was the year before last. It had a replica of, uh, what was it? It was a thing from Back to the Future. The 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 car from Back to the Future. If I remember the right. DeLorean? Yeah, it had the DeLorean. It was a replica DeLorean on a base which was really cool (laughs) and i still have that on my shelf too um so yeah loot crate loot crate comes with all kinds of like really cool stuff um the other thing that really stood out to me was this month in the little magazine they give you a little magazine with every everything that has like every month that has highlights from it and everything there's a page in here that says mass effect andromeda is coming soon to loot crate i'm excited (laughs) because uh one of my big purchases Last year, I think it was, Loot Crate doesn't just sell the monthly crates, right? You can get the monthly crates, and the monthly crates are fantastic, and you get a little bit of everything, but they also sell these deluxe crates, and they're themed for, you know, various TV series, movies, video games, that kind of thing. I got a Mass Effect box that had... uh, Loot Crate DX, right? Yeah, I got a Mass Effect box that had so much cool stuff in it. I got shot glasses from Arya's bar, (laughs) and I got... Uh, a hoodie. I got socks. I got. There was a whole mess of stuff. So they have they have loot crate DX. Yes. They also have if you're w- looking for pet stuff, they have loot pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe if there's items that you missed that you want, those things sometimes go up on their store 
as individual items, if yes, I recall correctly? Yes, they do. If there's any okay. kind of like overstock or anything like that, you can and look if on you their want, website. If you want February's crate, you have until February 19th to sign up for it. Next, in February's crate, is the theme is build with stuff from uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Batman, Lego Dimensions, and Tetris. Always comes with a t-shirt and a collectible pin. And that's at lootcrate.com slash BW. Enter the code BW and you'll take $3 off your, any new subscription. And you All right. totally get it. Sorry, we went off on a tangent. Comic books. I get excited about comics. Tangent. You went crazy. I get excited about comics. What can I say? Okay. All righty. <laughs> Um, well, uh, at this point, Anne's going to read the email, so... Okay. Our first email is from Sevatar, who says, Ahoy hoy, watchers! Do you think, slash hope, that Suramar has provided a template for more cityscape-based adventures going forward? Personally, I think an expansion with a living, breathing Undermine to play around in would be fantastic. Cheers, Sevatar. I am all about Undermine. I would love to see Undermine in person. Like, I would love to see a version of Undermine. They were very specific. When Cataclysm came out and you played through the Goblin starting zone and uh, the island blew up, right? There was the volcano. A lot of people asked, was Undermine affected? Did that destroy Undermine? And they said, no. They didn't say anything else. They just said, no. That it's still out there somewhere, probably. Um, We just haven't seen it. Uh, and for people who are wondering what Undermine is, Rossi, what is Undermine? Explain it to people. Undermine is the gigantic underground city of the goblins. It's essentially what it sounds like. They mined the island so thoroughly that it effectively the tunnels were places they were, they then lived. They they had dug out everything of value. They were trying to get out that that magical mineral cajamite that makes them smart. Uh, they dug and dug and dug, but eventually they just weren't finding a lot of it and it's one of the reasons that goblin inventions tend to explode is because they can't find enough of that stuff to keep themselves as smart as they were at one point and it's but yeah it's basically i think it's supposed to be inside kazan itself underneath it yeah so it, it, when when the volcano erupted uh clearly that would probably have some sort of impact on undermine but exactly what it is we don't know we haven't seen it but it's it is essentially a goblin city the size of an island that is completely underground I am going to be my grumpy self with the caveat. Uh, Undermine sounds silly. I don't want to go there. If we did, I would probably enjoy it. <laughs> For me, I'm going to say this much. I I don't mind Suramar as a city. It's two things that they did in Suramar that, when combined, drive me crazy. They made sections of Suramar where you have to do quests, and every mob is an elite that hits really hard until you're like at item level 860. Uh, and even then, if you get a couple of them adding on, it can be a, it can be brutal. I always go prot there because it's the only way I can survive. Um, the second thing they did was they put those an illusion. What are you hiding, guys? All over that zone, especially all over that part of the city. And that makes it a nightmare. If you have to kill, like, go here and kill 16 of these people who are, like, in patrols with other guys. And it, it very quickly escalates into 10 of them are hitting you in the face. And more of them come by, and it's all an illusion. What are, it's like, oh god, I hate you people so much. See, I that I don't want. If you I need. like, I started applying vanilla physics to this, so I will sneak over there on my rogue, right? And I will hide in one of the buildings and wait until the patrol walks by, and then throw something at it and pull it into the building. I do a line of sight pull. Yeah. That's how I do those. It does it take a while? Yes, absolutely. Do I die a lot? No, not really, because I. Because I pull I mean, it in. <laughs> Regardless, it's not always useful illusions. For me. Uh, I do like I, I. think I've said this a lot in podcasts and live streams and so forth. I find cities like Stormwind and Ironforge and Thunderbluff really dull. Like there's they're they're so empty and they're there's no it. They, none of them give me an impression of being a city. Like they are terrible representations of a city. They're boring. Um, anything that means like a more lively city, whether it be like Suramar or somewhere in between to strike a balance, like I'm all for that. Uh, I think like urban cityscapes is something fantasy doesn't, a lot of fantasy has not done very well. So when a game pulls it off, that's super cool to me. And I would love to see more of things like that. Suramar feels alive despite, you know, the stuff in there that might be a little bit irritating. I still, I love the grappling hook points. I just wish that they were easier to see. Because they're, they're not. They're yeah, kind of hard to see. They are hard to see. But I love being able to grapple around and go up on the rooftops and run around and do things. that Like, as a rogue, Suramar feels like a rogue city. It's pretty great. But 
I could see where that's like a potential problem for people where they might not necessarily like it. The thing is, though, Suramar still feels alive. It just it feels like a real legit city. And I don't think that they're, they haven't introduced a city that felt alive like that before. So I think that's part of what made it so extraordinary. And I would love to see something like that again. I don't think I'd want to see like an entire expansion taking place in a city. I think that that would be kind of dull. I like being able to explore and things like that. But um, I would love to see Undermine someday. I'd like to see what it looks like down there. Um, go hang out with the goblins. I'm sure it's probably really gross. It'd be great. I'd like <laughs> to do a redo. And if we're going somewhere underground, go back to uh, Agile Narub. Yes, that. Go that's down to that I've... empire. Yeah. That's a place I really wanted to go in Wrath. Like From like well, we Warcraft doing... 3 on, I'm like, I want to see that. And yeah, then... we were doing Wrath time walking and we went into... Um, as Joel, which dungeon was that? It was Old Kingdom. Old Kingdom. Okay, so we went into Old Kingdom, and there's a point in Old Kingdom where you can look over the edge of like the border of where you are, and you can see buildings and cityscapes and statues and things in the distance. And yeah, you're just kind of immediately stricken with a, I would like to go there and see what that's all about, but you can't. So yeah. yeah, that's another one of those cities that I would love to see. Maybe, you know, if they do like a Black Empire expansion or something like that, maybe we'll see that come into effect again. That'd be cool. We don't know. What, we have no idea what the next expansion is going to be. Yeah. I still, I don't, I neither, I don't agree with Alex's view of cities in the first place. So I don't agree with his view of Surmar. I don't hate Surmar. I, like I said, that my problem is that they made an area where in order to get stuff done, you either have to pull like it's, you know, the old days when you're trying to clear Blackwing in the lair by yourself, or you have to like, you know, just accept, I need to be prot because I'm going to have 35 things hitting me in the face. I'm not fond of that. But it's in terms of how the city is laid out, the thing that they did well with Suramar is all the people that have nothing to do with what you're doing. That's the thing that I think works well in Suramar, and that's the thing I think they should carry forward. They're just living people, their lives. People who are just running around, the people who are like, you know, couriers who are there for like one quest that you might have to do. The people who are there, you know, just because they're there. There are people, you know, they have beggars. They have people who are like, you know, in yeah, in little details of, like... Like the yeah. nursery rhyme or whatever you call that, that this thing that's vaguely and creepy. I'm going to say this. It's stuff that they actually had in Stormwind in vanilla. Stormwind used to be full of stuff like that. There was like the weird alleyways you'd go down and there's like one quest you went down there for. So you had no idea where you're there any other time and why that guy is standing there fighting rats. There was the old woman who used to go, oh, I got to take my water from the well back in the day. Emma's the... still in Stormwind. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of them are still there. There's, yeah. just, there's not a lot of them. They don't have voices. And like... There's so many places you can go into in Suramar that don't really serve a purpose except just to be cool. In Stormwind, like, there's a bunch of shops, like, at the front of the city where it's like, here's the weapon vendor. Here's, you know, here's where you buy water because you need mana and vanilla. Um, but Suramar has all kinds of... Like, you just go in people's houses and you can just do that. Or there's shops where it's like, we just sell Nightborn candy. This is a candy store. I like well, so the vendors the in the menagerie. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it's just an extension of what they did in other cities. It's just there's more of it. Right. Surmar it had a lot has a lot in it just because it's it is much more designed and because they knew we'd be spending a lot of our level 100, 110 time there. So they did a good job with it. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying that I think you could do that without it being Suramar. And it, without Suramar being a template, Suramar should be an inspiration. It shouldn't be like, you know, here's another city with like that's laid out with these three rings. And here's more, you know, here we've got the elites that are hard to kill. Don't do that. But do make a city that, you know, has a feeling of somewhat permanence. Like the city was there before we showed up and hopefully we'll still be there when we're done and go off our merry way. The city should feel like that because that's what cities are. Cities, cities don't just spring up when you show up to adventure in them. Dalaran has been a particular disappointment in this regard. Yeah, for Dalaran. Two weeks. I feel it's... like Dalaran and Wrath felt a lot more alive than than this iteration of it for some reason. Is that just me? Uh, um, I don't know. I, didn't, I never felt like Dalaran was particularly interesting. I mean, it's just, it's it's a ring. You run in a circle, and that's it. That's all there is to it. Um, a lot of the really odd things that Dalaran used to have were in the sewers, which have now been made less interesting. Because half of it became a PvP zone, and the other half is like... Rogue Central, yeah. Whereas before, like, you'd go down there, and there'd be crazy weird stuff to fish up in the sewers. You know, fish up elsewhere. There was, like, those potion bottles laying around that you'd swig... 
and something weird would happen. And there was like that drunken dude trapped behind the sewer gate and that hole you could jump out the bottom. And like the sewers are a really interesting place and in all those like wacky things you could do down there are gone. But the above is basically the same. And it was always just here's a ring. It's a circle. Uh, you're bored, so you can run in a circle because that's all you have to do here. I just I feel like that there's less of those. I mean, the 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 nameless NP or the, the named NPCs, the ones you can't click on, they just walk around and stuff. Those guys yeah. are still there and they're still walking around and everything. But there's a lot of the. It it just it feels like I don't know. I just I remember Wrath Dalaran running around the city looking for different books and things like that and that was always fun and then um every once in a while that random npc would show up and if he saw you he'd he'd like sheep you and then he'd mail you a wand yeah. in the mail a little bit late. like just the crazy little stuff like that seems to be missing from this dollar on and i kind of miss it and i understand that you know this is supposed to be like front line for the assault against the legion or whatever but you would think that it'd still have the crazy crazy stuff in it you know yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel magical anymore it, yeah there's it something kind of changed it's weird i don't know what that, changed you remember um when you did the quest to move dalaran to the broken isles there was that like in between yes you could still see it where there was like super weird magic like the gnome like stuck halfway between two completely the walls different and then one of them was like hanging on for dear life to to one of the little zeppelins that was flying around the yeah. city and stuff so the, in that phase, Dalaran still felt magical, but then it comes out the other end in the Broken Isles, and it's there's nothing going on. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Okay, so uh, next email doesn't have a name on it or anything. It just says one line: "Starcraft, as we know it, is dead." Discuss. Agreed. Yeah, the game's over. Well, it depends on how you know it. If you know it as what it used to be, which yeah. is an RTS game, yeah, I think so. But if you primarily have played like the like the, the co-op mode, that's alive and well. Yeah, that's still doing its thing. I think that the game itself, as far as like the story that's been presented in StarCraft, yeah, it had a beginning, middle, end. It ended. It's done. Yeah. Um. I like the art. The RTS genre as a whole, I think, is pretty dead. I don't know if it's dead or if it's just like reached that point where it was so saturated that it's now gone into hibernation. Well, the and RTS maybe is we'll see saturated. it. Yeah, but maybe we'll see it like pop back up again at some point. Thing is, there are still RTSs being made and sold, yeah. but they seem to be basically very hard, crunchy, and very mathy. Yeah, much more so. World of War, Warcraft itself, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft itself, and then Starcraft after it were never that level of crunchy. They were always, you can just pick this thing up and start playing it right now. If you want to get good at it, then you have to spend a lot of time playing. Then you it really have it. to think. Yeah, but you can play it. Off, you can you could start playing it and go from there. And I don't feel like that's the RTS genre anymore. Like, RTS games feel like a lot... I don't want to say harder, but I don't know how else to put it. Like, you sit down and you really go over... Like, you, you might want to play this with a notebook next to you or something, because you're going to you're gonna be doing some serious math before you there, figure out everything. There are still some... Uh, there are still... Yeah, there are still RTSs being made. A lot of them are a lot more niche. They're catering to something very specific. Or they aren't quite, like... A critical mass popularity like um aren't there still warhammer rts games i'm sure they probably are, you but I don't only know. really know about them if you're into warhammer or maybe steam might suggest it to you one day but if you don't play warhammer you're like eh. but the rts genre like even before starcraft 2 released it was winding down um a lot all the major rts uh franchises they they stopped before starcraft 2 released starcraft 2 was really popular at first and it quickly declined there are still tournaments and so forth but i don't think you can even argue like it has uh brood wars numbers that brood war had when starcraft 2 released um it, it the genre kind of split um people who liked certain elements of rts play mobas now uh people who like the strategy aspect of rts are probably playing 4x games now such as um civilization or crusader kings and, and stuff like that the people who liked a specific thing have moved into games that specialize in that specific thing. Nothing really does what RTS does, because I think people realize RTS uh, wasn't as engaging as these other things were. New stuff have... came out. New stuff came I, out, yeah. and it was just like different genres came out. Entirely. I certainly have fond memories of playing StarCraft and Brood War and Warcraft 3 and all of that, um, but they're not as popular as they once were. People have People play different things now. 
Now, whether or not there's going to be another use of the IP, I think it's almost certain that eventually Blizzard will do something with it. Yeah. Um, right? They're going to keep using it for characters for, you know, Heroes of the Storm, for one thing. But I, I honestly feel at some point they, they're not going to just not do anything with the IP. It's not, you know, it's not. A no, StarCraft is one Vikings. of those iconic IPs. Yeah, there's, going, <laughs> there's going to be something. So, yeah. and you know, and like I said, there are still StarCraft 2 tournaments. They're just not pulling in the, the incredible numbers that they used to. And the allied commanders, they're still adding new co-op heroes and people are spending money on them and playing it and enjoying it. Uh, StarCraft is still around. It's just not Brood War. Yep. And it's not going to be Brood War again. Alessander in the chat channel just said, oh my God, the love rocket just dropped for me. And I feel like we should That's... say congratulations because that is rare. <laughs> Enjoy I've never seen that thing drop. I've never seen it drop ever. So congratulations on that. We have time for one more email. So let's just go ahead and do one more here. Uh, this one says, greetings, Blizzard Watch. This is Jardy from the Guild Cult of the Dead Cow on this engine server. What do you all think of the new direction Blizzard is taking and making it a lot harder, if not impossible, to, quote unquote, collect them all for battle pet collectors? Adding in all of the class-specific pets, grinding honor on both a Horde and Alliance, Lagan no longer being tradable, etc. I'm currently over 870 unique pets and will be able to do all of this eventually, but I fear that they're going to start tying them to raid achievements that are only available during current content. Judging by the postings on Warcraft pets, a lot of the hardcore collectors are not happy with the direction this is taking keep up the great work jardy um, um i'll just say know. right up front that i don't collect pets yeah i know you don't collect pets rossi i do i like collecting pets um i'm not i'm, just, as, I'm basically recusing myself you guys right i'm not as hardcore about the pet collecting as like other people even other people on staff that are probably like way more into it but i do have i want to say over 600 pets or something like that um not unique like I, I still, I still need the achievement for all of the unique pets, and I am working on that. I don't. It's one of those things where, at when we're nearing the end of the expansion, and I don't have a ton of things to do, I will go out and start collecting pets all over again, because it's a side activity, and that's what it's always been. Has been kind of that side activity, and I'm cool with it taking that spot. Like I'm cool with it being that side thing that you do. Um, cause you can do it as much or as little as you want to. And it has no bearing whatsoever on the rating on the other end game, on the dungeons, on anything else. It's just there, but yeah, being able, like only being able to get pets for a limited time because of a raid or something like that, that feels like it's kind of pushing the line where they're making it more than just a side activity. And it flourishes really well as that side activity, I think. Like, that's where it sits really well. I don't know. Alex, what do you think? I don't really know how I feel. I mean, wow, like, yeah, it's a video game. So, like, on the one hand, I see where people are coming from. Like, it's a solo activity. Like, Pet Battles, it's it's a solo activity. So why wouldn't everything be solo? But at the same time, when I think about, like, collecting stuff, uh, you know, these physical things like the people who collect stuff like their pride and joy are the things that were really hard to get and are really prestigious and like we were talking about a comic book earlier like how much is that first edition action comics worth if you have that and that's what kind of what makes collections magical is when you have like this is the piece that was hardest to find that i had to go to the ends of the earth to get here's the story about how i got it and if when i was younger i collected bottle caps <laughs> Not even interesting bottle caps, like caps off of two liter bottles. And then one day I was just like, this is dumb. These are all the same thing. I just bought a bottle of soda and here's the cap. whoop de freaking do And I threw them all away because it was dumb. Um, but if there were bottle caps that had really interesting stories, that would have been more meaningful. And that, I mean, there's still bottle caps. That's, I don't know. If you collect bottle caps, I'm sorry, but that sounds dumb. But at least if they were interesting and they were hard to get and they had some kind of story or history, that made that collection meaningful. But if they're just all two liter soda bottle bottle caps that you bought at the store, that's not very interesting to me. I'm not a plate collector either, so this is just me as like somebody who doesn't collect things. That's how I feel about it. Collections are only interesting to me from the outside if there's a story involved. I think part of the complication here is the fact that you have two separate things that are related, in that you have pet collecting and you have pet battles. Now, you can't do pet battles without pet collecting, but some people just collect pets. They don't do pet battles. They just collect They just them. go full out Pokemon and start grabbing things. Uh, maybe maybe level them up. Yeah. Maybe just, you know, to have some, them. 
Some do, but some don't even do that. Some are literally just about having the pets. Because people were doing that way before pet battles were even a thing. People were doing that. I, back in vanilla, there was a good chunk of my bank, like an entire bag in my bank that was nothing but non-combat pets. Before they came out with the whole pet system where you could learn it and keep it, like, as a thing. Because they didn't do that until the end of Burning Crusade. So I had all of these little critters in my bank. And it wasn't... I just like to have them. That's all. I just liked having them around. I liked being able to pull one out and go, okay, th- today, today Kitty is going to come with me on whatever adventure I happen to be doing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I, there's a section of pets that I do have leveled and I do enjoy going and doing like the pet battle world quests and things like that. I think that those are fun. Um, and I'm glad that they incorporated it to that extent. Where, you know, you have the trainers, but you also have, like, the world quests for the trainers and that kind of thing that are integrated with it. Because it's still very much a solo-based activity. But when you start adding in, it, it's it's one of those, where do you draw the line between side activity and something that's integrated with gameplay? Because I don't feel like it's one of those things that should really be too integrated with gameplay. You know well, what I mean? For instance, right this week, right now... Um, mm-hmm. the the world quest this the weekly quest this week is to do pet battles yeah and it rewards it rewards a pet stone so you can you can ignore that if that's not if you don't do pet battles then this quest is nothing to you this week and you can ignore it yeah i like it when you can ignore it um i think if people want to do battle pets and pet battles and want to have all the animals and collect them i can see why they'd be annoyed by this cuz to some degree you're going to have to wait you're going to have to wait till the next expansion at least. Well, yeah. And the thing and, is, is if they make these like a limited time thing, sort of like uh, where, I don't know, uh, certain items only drop for the length of an expansion, like the moose mount, right? And yeah, they got rid of the moose mount at the end of the thing. Mounts have been that way since they added achievements. Right. I remember, uh, like, what was it, Nexramus uh-huh. had it where you, like, nobody could die. Immortal. Immortal. You would get a mount for Immortal. We missed that by one week. And we didn't get it either. Like that's <laughs> that sucked. Like I, we wanted that mount and we didn't get it. But you know, we just kind of had to learn to deal with it. And then when it continued happening, we're like, well, this is just the way it is now. So that's fine. Yeah, that's, we that's missed that. You get rewarded amounts for doing this thing, and we didn't do it, so we didn't get it. One yeah. week, we missed that by one week, and it felt terrible. And the thing is, is I, I understand it with mounts. Okay, I get it with mounts because the thing about mounts is. Are they incorporated with anything other than getting you from point A to point B? No. Is there any kind of like battle system figured out for them? No. Do you do anything with them other than ride them from point A to point B? No. But with the pet battles and things like that, it's its its own little unique ecosystem kind of thing on the side of the game itself. And you don't want it to cross over too much because when you get if you have if you have a mount that's like limited time available, okay, that's fine. It's a mount. You're going to ride it from point A to point B when it's a pet that probably has like really cool abilities that you could use in your whole pet battling thing. And you're not a raider. That's when it starts to feel terrible. And I think that's where they need to look at maybe drawing that line. But yeah, that's just me. I'm going to make pet battlers angry. (laughs) Sorry in advance. Okay. I'm super receptive to people playing World of Warcraft in all kinds of ways. Like, if you only do this or that or that other thing, and that's the only thing you do, I think that's fine. WoW is a huge game. Um, If the only thing you do in WoW is pet battles, there are better games for that. Well, yeah. I mean, hello, big one, Pokemon. Right. (laughs) And I play Pokemon, like, every time they come out with a new one. I'm all over that, but... Like, if that's the only thing you do in WoW... If, if you have, like, a social structure, like a guild or whatever that you pay your subscription fee to hang out with, cool. Keep doing that. If all you're playing WoW for is pet battles, stop wasting money on a subscription and buy Pokemon. Yeah, probably. It's, it does. It's pet battles, but good. Send your angry emails to Alex. <laughs> Just Sorry. want to point out the one me. I don't care, man. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm sure, I, I opted out of this thing in the beginning. It's like I, if, my opinion is not good. Okay. If, well, I was in their, if I was in their place, I would be mad at me. So I 
Yeah, we should probably uh, move on. So we yeah. should. Yeah, that's it for emails, and that's actually it for the show. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash/BlizzardWatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And again, if you'd like to sign up for Loot Crate and experience all the geeky treasures that it has to offer, you can go to lootcrate.com slash BW and enter the code BW to save $3 off on any new subscription. You can get, you have until February 19th to sign up for February's Loot Crate. That's Build featuring Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Batman, Lego Dimensions, and Tetris. And of course, you know, monthly t-shirts and more. All right. Well, thank you very much, Anne. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, Again, if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.